What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. This episode, I was lucky enough to speak with the amazing Chloe Brotheridge, a clinical hypnotherapist and nutritionist who specializes in helping people working through anxiety. Having experienced severe anxiety and panic attacks firsthand since her teens and having found her own path to inner healing, Chloe has now her own practice in London where she shares with others the transformative tools and techniques she used herself to achieve a sense of control and inner peace. Author of her wonderful book, The Anxiety Solution, Chloe knows what it's like to constantly overthink things to feel nervous about everyday stuff and how we can often let a lack of confidence hold us back from being ourselves and enjoying the moment. If you want to spend less time worrying, Chloe's book, The Anxiety Solution, is a great place to start. And stay tuned for her second book launching this month, Brave New Girl. I cannot wait to get a copy. As Chloe explains in this episode, we should all remember that change is always possible, no matter how difficult it may seem. In this wonderful episode, you will learn how to start believing that change is possible no matter how stuck or out of control you may feel, the importance of trying different self-care practices until you find what is right for you, the power of gratitude and stepping back to acknowledge and appreciate all the great things you have achieved in life, the importance of treating yourself with kindness and seeing yourself through the eyes of someone who loves you. How to stop thinking about all the things that could go wrong and start training yourself to imagine all the things that can go right. The healing power of sharing and so much more. I can't wait for you to hear this episode as Chloe has so much wisdom and advice to share. So let's get right into it. Hi Chloe and welcome to our Dream Life podcast. I'm so excited to have you join us today and I know our listeners are going to get so much out of our chat. I cannot wait to get right into your personal story and also hear your thoughts and how people can make changes to start living a happier, calmer and more confident lives every day. But first, I like to think back to your childhood. What were your dreams for the future when you were a child? What did you dream about being or doing? 
Quite yeah, dream. Question, great question. <laughs> so I was really into science as a kid. My whole family are artists. Yeah. So my granny, my mom, my sister's an illustrator, my mom's an art teacher. And I decided to be the, the science person. So I was really into science. I'd watch science documentaries. I had a little microscope and a white coat that I wore when I was about 10. So I wanted to do something in the sciences. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. Always into and that. you didn't turn up that way. Well, well, it didn't. Well, maybe it did. It kind of did. I ended up. I actually studied nutrition first yeah, at university, and that felt quite scientific. Yeah, and then got into more of the mental health aspect of things. But I'm, I'm still my passion for science remains. I'm interested in things that work, things that are proven. You know, the science and nutrition as well is a big interest of mine. So that that part of me still exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, of course. Yeah. So you helped so many people overcome severe anxiety through your work and best-selling book, The Anxiety Solution, and continue to inspire people to transform their lives, which is just incredible. So well done, you. But what I find truly inspiring about your story is that you also personally suffered from anxiety and low self-confidence when you were younger, which must have been very difficult. But I'd love to hear... Uh, how this affected your life then and how, how it was you were able to take control and discover your path to inner healing, as I think you call it. Yeah, so I think looking back, I was a shy kid yeah. and I was someone that would hide behind their parents. I remember being at a, a ballet class and just sitting in the corner crying, feeling too shy to get involved. So I was always shy and I think I didn't call it anxiety until I got to about 15 and I had a massive panic attack. And like a lot of people who have panic attacks, I thought I was dying. I you know, was wanting to go into A&E, thinking I was having a heart attack. It's actually a very common reason people go into A&E because they're having a panic attack and they think they're dying. So I was one of those people. And I just remember after that, I think it was the first time something had kind of gone wrong for me in life. And I just thought, my body can lose control at any moment. And that just terrified me. And I just remember feeling really unsafe in my body. I, you know, felt like I needed to be in control all the time of things. I, I became very socially anxious, thinking this panic could, you know, come up at any time. Yeah. And it took me a long time to actually realize that I could get better and get help. And I think, again, this is common. I hear a lot of people say this, that, they think that they're just an anxious person. They think, this is just the way I am. Yeah. I can't really do anything about it. Oh, I'm just going to have to hold myself back in life and not go after the things I want because I'm too anxious to, to do the things I want to do. And I was definitely you know, telling myself that as well. And it was only when things got really quite bad, when I was about 25, that I knew I had to make some changes and get some proper help. And I went on a bit of a mission after that to try a lot of different types of therapies, read everything I could, went on weird and wonderful retreats and eventually made was in a good progress with how I was feeling and my anxiety levels. And so now I, I get to help other people who have gone through similar sorts of things mm. as me. Which is amazing. There's not, no such a thing as that experience, no doubt, because you can really understand how your, how your clients really feel. Definitely, yeah. definitely feel very lucky to be able yeah. to do this. Nice, yeah. There's always a silver lining, something that we often talk about at Kiki K. There's always something positive in the negative, isn't there? So for the, your, you, that for helping other people. Definitely, yeah. I often think that about that panic attack. It was the worst thing that had ever happened to me, but also the best thing because yeah. it, it sent me on a path to heal myself and help other people to, to heal themselves. Yeah, 
Yeah, we often hear that with people who have different diseases or or uh, things happen to them, and then they can help the bigger the bigger world. So it's amazing. I imagine it must have felt so empowering to be able to take control of your life and begin to live with more calmness, happiness, and freedom after being troubled by anxiety for so long, especially as you were so young. Ariana Huffington talks about moments like that as you are in control of the clicker, you can change the channel if you want. What advice have you got for our listeners on how they can jump into the driver's seats in their own lives when faced with things that they feel outside of their control? So firstly, I would say know that it's possible to change and know that even though anxiety or depression might be telling you, you're always going to feel this way, you know, there's no way out, you've tried everything already, you know, you know you're, not, you're always going to feel anxious, even though your mind might be telling you that, know that it's always possible to change because no feelings stay the same. Yes. We're never stuck feeling anything. I would say to people, feelings are like the weather, they can change in a day, they can change moment by moment. And it's the same with our anxiety, we can always change. And I think with anxiety, although we're often looking for one magic cure, or one magic pill to to cure us it often takes a few little things that we we need to do in our lives practices or mindset shifts or you know working with a therapist over some sessions that add up to a big difference so Mm. even if people have tried things in the past keep trying keep trying different things learning different tools and you will find something that will help and sometimes it's a collection of of doing a few things but know that it's possible to change and then keep trying things until you you find a solution for yourself yeah so many people share with me that self-confidence holds them back from chasing or achieving their dreams based on your experience what advice would you give to someone struggling to find strength in their own self-belief yeah i mean first i would definitely agree that's the big thing that is at the root of everything almost self-esteem not feeling good enough doubting yourself and I think the weird thing with self-belief is that if you believe, you just have to believe in yourself and then you are probably capable. That's the truth of it. So I often, I think, I mean, one thing I see a lot is imposter syndrome and people are starting to talk about this more and more. I've noticed it's become a, a term that is entering people's, you know, common language much more. Whereas I think a few years ago, people didn't know what imposter syndrome was unless you read a lot of self-help books like you and I. So, so imposter syndrome is, you know, being successful, but believing that you're a fraud and believing that you're going to get found out at any moment. And I think when it comes to this, we need to step back from ourselves and just recognize how far we've come, recognize all that we have done and achieved. And, you know, recognizing actually that it wasn't luck that you managed to get a degree at university, that you got the job, that you're in the relationship, that you got a big group of friends. Those things were not luck. Those are things that are things that you created and that prove that you are capable and worthy and good enough. And so I think it's about just recognizing and appreciating yourself and taking that time and spending a bit of time doing that every now and again, if you continue to forget that you're worthy and you fall back into self-doubt or not feeling good enough to remind yourself of that. Another thing I often do with my clients is ask them in a visualization to imagine seeing themselves through the eyes of someone that really loves them. So it might be their partner, their best friend or their mum. people quite often choose. Yeah. And actually, if you can step outside of yourself and see yourself the way this person sees you as this amazing, beautiful person that they accept flaws and all, 
And if you can just internalize that and start to tune into that, then we can learn to be, you know, kinder to ourselves, appreciate ourselves in a new way. Mm. So I would definitely recommend that visualization for people. Yeah, that's such a good advice. One thing that I often do, because I think we all have a little bit of that, regardless of um, how much self-work you do. But one thing that I um, find really helpful in that being in that position sometimes is gratitude. Yeah. Uh, because I think sometimes we forget how incredibly fortunate we are to to be born into a country where we have freedom. Um, most of the listeners here would be born into a um, country where they have freedom. There might be some problems, and of course we have issues everywhere in the world. But um, but just being able to do what we do is is incredible, and being alive at this time is incredible too. I think sometimes we forget that you know only like hundred years ago it was a completely different <laughs> different life if we were born into that. So it's a good one, gratitude. I think as well. Definitely, yeah. I think about that a lot. Actually, I think about being a woman in this day and age and how lucky we are to not not have to have children if we don't want to or not have to stay at home if we don't want to and all those opportunities that it was only a few generations ago that we didn't even have the vote so exactly yeah just really tuning into that remembering to be grateful for those things and I also think technology like the way and you know that being able to to fly across the globe if we need to and it's I mean it's just incredible to be alive so I often think about that and one thing that I often say almost every morning lucky me or lucky us if it's for the family that we have so many opportunities and um, things that we can be part of and so many amazing experiences as well I love that. I love that. Lucky me. I quite often wake up and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I quite often wake up, you know, when, well, I don't know if people listening can relate to this. Sometimes when you're half asleep, you can start to think, oh, I've got to go to work. It's, this is annoying. It's 6am. It's dark outside. And it's so ridiculous to have those thoughts when you realise actually all that we do have. So I just say to myself, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. To try and infuse myself with that gratitude. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I love following you on Instagram and I encourage everyone to do that, of course. And one of your posts really spoke to me. You wrote, so many of us imagine all the things that we are not looking forward to and wonder how we'll cope. Instead of dreading all that could go wrong next week, start dreaming of what could go right. So this is something I feel really strongly about as well, that we have the power to shift our focus on think positively. So in my book, I encourage people to start visualizing and writing down their dreams, writing down what they want to achieve in order to create their dream lives, training their subconscious mind to focus on the positive. Being a clinical hypnotherapist, I know you also believe deeply in in the power of visualization and tapping into the subconscious mind. I would love to hear more about how you help people to do this and also how important it is in overcoming anxiety or lack of self-belief or confidence. Yeah, so I think I remember that post and I was talking about Sunday night anxiety. Yes. Because when I look at my website stats, on a Sunday night, there's about 10 times more people going on a My Anxiety website than any other time. And that's because on a Sunday night, we're imagining the worst for the week ahead. We're dreading the commute, dreading the meetings, the emails, wondering how we're going to get through it all. And it creates a lot of anxiety and it's, it's as if we're visualizing the worst and actually you know often well actually always it's fine it turns out fine it goes well so I I encourage people to imagine how they want their Monday morning to go how they would like to be feeling thinking about things behaving and it's really interesting because I'm sure you know about this but there's studies into 
how visualization changes the brain. And there's one study that I was looking at recently that got some people to visualize playing the piano. And then they compared that to brain scans of people who were playing the piano for real and their brains changed the same amount, whether they were doing it in an imaginary way or doing it for real. So what we imagine really can have a physical impact on our minds. So I work with a lot of people for things like public speaking, and I'm suggesting that instead of imagining that the projector breaks and you fumble for your words, actually you imagine owning the room, making eye contact with everyone, speaking slowly and clearly, and really sending that message to your subconscious, like you said, that this is going to go well, and this is what's possible. And knowing that that's going to change your brain to make it easier for that to be the case. Yeah, I love that. I used to do that because I used to do a lot of public speaking in my early days when I really didn't feel I had something to say. <laughs> you know, I got invited to speak about starting the business and stuff and I feel like I'm right in the middle of it and I don't really know if I can, but I, I did it anyway. And um, I always visualized the feeling after knowing where I would be standing when it's done. And it's such a, I mean, still, still I don't have as, as you know, I don't feel as nervous speaking anymore. Um, but I did speak about a subject that I wasn't really something I normally speak about last week and and I've definitely felt nervous and then I was visualizing the whole time how I feel after and I really felt it after it was yeah. amazing after it's always so, a good yeah, feeling absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of crazy enjoying the enjoying the moment is also a good one to try to do but it's it's easier said than that of course yeah. public speaking yeah. is um is something that we all I think are um struggling a bit with so let's talk about your book now. And it's funny, but when I met you first time and you gave me the book, first I loved the design. I wasn't actually sure if that book was for me because I never really felt anxiety. And of course, I love reading and I decided to read it. And um, it's so much more than that. I feel it's really about self-care in my view. So if listeners are not uh, having any issues with anxiety, I think it's really worth reading anyway because it's all, all really about looking after yourself. So your best-selling book, The Anxiety Solution, launched in February last year year and sold out on Amazon at one point, which is congratulations. That must have felt amazing. Having recently launched my own book, Your Dream Life Starts Here as well, I would love to know what it was that drew you to write a book to help people living with anxiety. Yeah, so I I actually wrote it because someone approached me and said, do you want to write a book? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a very lucky experience. And my editor at Penguin was very enthusiastic from the beginning. She knew about my work and she was messaging me on Facebook and emailing me and things because I think she could understand what a need there was for yeah. a book for, you know, people with anxiety that was very relatable. And and I I kind of, have, over the last few years, had specialised in just working with people with anxiety in my hypnotherapy practice. And I noticed I was seeing people who were struggling with exactly the same things that I, that I had struggled with. And it was, you know, not feeling good enough, low self-esteem, needing to be in control, panic attacks, pushing themselves too hard, perfectionism, yeah. these sorts of things. And I realized this is extremely common, yeah. particularly amongst women, I found. And, and so I wanted to write a book that was specifically addressing all those things and it turned out to be something that a lot of people could relate to. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I have quite a specific, it's quite a specific approach, exactly like self-care. You yeah. know, actually, we need to make that more of the priority in life because mm-hmm. so much of society's pressuring us to be on the go all the time, to not take care of ourselves, to not 
rest and relax like that's not a productive thing to do so I really wanted to sort of push that message that that should be the most important thing because actually everything else in life turns out all right when you've got your mental health and when you're in a, a calmer place yourself things are just better yeah in every way yeah absolutely and I think it's such a good reminder that um, if we don't have health we don't have much so I think self-care is absolutely should be on on the first thing on our to-do list and uh, when I read your book uh, there were so many things that I highlighted so it's definitely um, not for just anxiety people who don't maybe not suffering from anxiety there's so much gem in your books and anything from from obviously mindful eating to uh, meditation and to all the things that you we have been spoken about so I absolutely love it from what I know of your story you appear to be highly purpose-driven and to be doing what you love and something you see as truly meaningful. How do you describe what your purpose in life is and how did you hit on that as your purpose? I think a big part of my purpose is around working on healing myself yeah. and in doing that, hopefully inspiring other people to know that they can heal themselves as well and sharing the things that I've learned about trying to help myself yeah. so that other people can hopefully do that as well. So I continue to do a lot of things to work on my own personal development and that is an ongoing journey. Yes. And I get a lot of satisfaction from knowing that other people, you know, do things like start meditating as a result of something that I've said and, and know that it's accessible to them and that they should keep going with it even if they have a busy mind because that was definitely the case for me for a long time so there's a lot of positive reinforcement that comes from from knowing that people get a direct benefit from it and yeah I think I get a lot of purpose from helping people to be calmer mm. definitely um, feeling like I'm able to leave the world a little bit better than um, it was before yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> absolutely I think you 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 definitely do that. And uh, what advice would you have to our listeners to find what they, if they're unsure about their purpose or unsure what they want to do? How, what, have you got any tips for our listeners? I think I think one thing that really resonates with me is that sometimes the stuff that we learn, like in terms of you are learning lots of things for your own purpose, then you teach that. And I think that is something that a lot of people do. And I think sometimes people think that they have to be really good at something for teach something but sometimes you actually learn that and then teach it and I think that is such a good combination because then you feel passionate about learning it and then um, sharing it as well definitely yeah I totally agree with that you don't need to be perfect before you can help other people yeah finding your purpose I think thinking about what excites you thinking about what intrigues you and what interests you and I think sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming if you think, oh, I've got to find my purpose and it needs to be my number one, I don't know, my job full time or something. But it might be something that you do, you know, in the evenings or the weekends or something. It doesn't need to be your main job necessarily at first. So thinking about what excites you. And I also think as well, creating that space to really think about that and you know, going through a bit of a process, whether that's, you know, reading a book like yours or whether that's working with a coach or, you know, worksheets or courses to actually create that space to think about what it is that you really love and enjoy because it's so easy just to be on the treadmill of life. Absolutely. And months go by like so quickly and then suddenly, you know, years have gone by and actually just 
taking a step back and creating that time to really think about what it is that makes you feel excited. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, um, we often talk about this on the podcast here that, that sometimes you have to disconnect to reconnect because I think just the last few years, because there's so much excitement on social media and, you know, it might be things that are really purposeful as well. It doesn't, you know, if you're following people on Instagram, it probably are people that you really admire. So that's a, that's a positive thing. But sometimes it's that mindful, mindless scrolling or or just kind of just pick up the phone without thinking about it so actually disconnect to reconnect yourself I think it's really important as well I love that idea I love that idea it's so it's so easy when something gets challenging or difficult and I I find myself doing this yeah oh I don't want to think about this difficult problem I'm just going to go on my phone and escape and actually it can be such a distraction that stops you from actually doing the deep thinking about things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all guilty. I'm certainly not perfect. I spend way too much on the phone as well. But I think um, I think it was Robin Sharma. We had him on, on an episode and I think that was him saying that, or maybe it was from his book, The 5am Club, that your, your phone can cost you a fortune because you actually are spending all that time and you think it's just kind of relaxing time. But you on that time, you can actually think about your purpose or start your own business or, or you know, do what you love. So, so it's a good reminder for all of us to, to disconnect from that phone sometimes. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Have you read his book, 5am Club? You know what? It keeps popping into my awareness relentlessly. So I think I need to read it. I don't know why. I think because I have quite a s- solid morning routine anyway, I'm thinking, I don't want more. I'll end up waking up at 4am to try and get it all done. But I think the universe is sending me a sign yeah. to read. And I think it's actually, it's more really um, being inspired and, you know, think about stuff that you might want to change. So it's not really, um, you don't have to get up at 4am. <laughs> Okay, so I've heard you say somewhere that you now feel privileged to be able to share with others the transformative tools and techniques you used yourself. I'm so passionate about the benefits of sharing knowledge and ideas. My experience is that sharing often brings unintended positive consequences as well. Can you tell us about the positive benefits, if any, that you have found personally from sharing your knowledge and your story with others? Yeah, so when I when I think back to times in the past when I felt so I don't know for example socially anxious or so just ashamed I had a big sense of shame as a teenager in my early 20s feeling like there was something wrong with me that I was defective not good enough and to think that I now regularly talk about how ashamed I felt seems like such a big leap and it's so interesting whenever I do a kind of a workshop or a talk and we sit around together and everyone is sharing their stories and everyone is sharing the things that they worry about and the anxieties they have and it's so healing to to say it out loud and to hear other people and to know actually we're all so similar you know we're all different but we all struggle with really similar things and just to be able to say it out loud and and be accepted for it and to hear someone else say something that you resonate with is such a healing thing. And I think particularly for shame, I know Brene Brown obviously talks a lot about this, how we need to, we need to say it out loud. Don't keep it to yourself. That thing that you're horrified if people found out they'd judge you and you'd be cast out of the friendship group or something. It's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And because we all experience the same thing, chances are someone's going to resonate with what you said as well. So 
for me, sharing things and being accepted and also hearing other people has been very healing. Yeah. In my book, I share with readers that I have found great inspiration from the dreams and experiences of others. Who would you say inspires you? And do you have any mentors? And if so, how did those relationships come about? So one person that really inspires me is Byron Katie. Yes, love Byron. And I haven't met her yet, but I would love to meet her. She's got an audio book called Your Inner Awakening. Have you heard that? Yeah, I love, I just, sometimes I'll be listening to it and I will just start to cry. I'll be walking down the street and crying because she just has this amazing spirit and this huge amount of love for people that comes across so much in the way she speaks and the the work she does. So she's a massive inspiration to me and she is a very special person, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go to one of her talks eventually. I get inspired by lots of people, people on Instagram. I often just feel excited about the possibilities that exist for, I don't know, men and women to to create something, a business online, for example, to be able to reach a lot of people or inspire people. So I love seeing the creative ways that people share what they're doing. And I feel very inspired by that. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had any mentors along the way in terms of any work with any coaches or mentors or so I just started working with someone called Nisha Moodley yeah. who is an American coach and mentor and so I've joined a, her women's circle women's leadership circle so I've had a couple of sessions with her so she's amazing she's very heart-centered but very strong very inspiring she's a massive yeah role model of mine and I'm very excited to get to learn more from her oh nice I think it's um it's Again, you know, being alive at this time is incredible because before, only a few years ago, you couldn't really reach people across the world. You know, you can you can contact people and you can learn from people. There's so much online courses and, and I find the most exciting thing is books, you know, that you can read someone's whole year, whole life experience in one book and, learn, you know, read it in a few hours or in a few days and get so much experience. It's just incredible. So... For anyone who's listening, if they don't have a mentor, there's a lot of mentors that can be found through books and online courses and Instagram, etc. So definitely. I often think that about books as well, actually. How how what good value for money for a tenny you can get someone's life's life's work. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that all the time and that's why I um, I love reading so much because it just it just gets me so excited to learn from others. And um, there's just so many and just never stops. And it's funny because I am still a paper being a paper girl, I uh, still love reading physical books because I highlight them. And um, so when I when I travel, I don't bring a lot of shoes, but I bring a, I bring a lot of books. <laughs> Sometimes I do get questioned that um, why my bag is so heavy and it's full of books. I'm often asked by people how I live a balanced life. It seems to be an epidemic that people feel they are living out of balance, especially as our lives get busier and busier. What would you say to people who ask you, how to live a balanced life. So I try to live my life by a quote from Brian Tracy. And he said, make peace of mind your priority and organize your life around it. Mm. And I can very easily, like a lot of us, veer off into thinking that I need to be busy all the time, or I should be out every night or doing things constantly. And that just doesn't work for me, for my nervous system. And I know that I need to come back to this place of really making peace of mind the priority and trying to make those practices, morning practices, for example, 
a non-negotiable part of my day Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes life does get in the way, but I do things like um, transcendental meditation, which has been a complete, it's just changed my brain. I feel like it's just rewired my brain. And I do things like self-hypnosis and journaling and all those sorts of things to really try and make that the priority and not get sucked into the seductiveness of busyness, I call it, Mm. and how it looks so good on Instagram when people are, posting stories of everything they're doing and I think yeah that'd be nice but actually I need to have a night in tonight and have an early night so I'll try and bring it back to that yeah I was discussing with um, a friend the other day and she said she has this fear of missing out I uh, was listening to her and I said to her I have this joy of missing out (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I really really um, love um, my nights in and I love you know like one of my favorite things when I travel because on Sundays I try to not do anything sometimes when I travel I do to squeeze in things to be able to go home earlier but if I if I'm traveling for a while and even you know at home Sundays is my day of nothing it doesn't matter what it is I mean obviously birthdays family birthdays will prioritize I will prioritize them but other than that I always have a Sunday where there is nothing nowhere to be and nowhere to go Mm. I absolutely that's for me is like a real peace of mind so good to have that time that time carved out i heard there's fomo and then there's fomog which is fear of missing goals (laughs) so that's a new (laughs) level so i think i think it affects lots of people they think i think there's this idea this scarcity about opportunities are going to run out if i take a rest day i'm going to miss out on catching that goal if i take sunday Mm. sunday off but the truth is that it's not gonna not gonna be that way. We can we need that rest to be at our best. And there are enough opportunities out there. You don't need to burn yourself out in the process, I think. Yeah. Such a good advice. Thank you for sharing. So if you could give our listeners just three tips for living a calmer, happier, and more confident life, what would they be? Number one is to name your emotions in order to tame them. So Often, if someone asks how we are, or if we think about how we are, we think, I'm stressed, I'm anxious. But actually, something happens when we label the actual emotions that we are experiencing, and they found in in brain scans of people that it calms the brain down when we can actually label the emotions. So instead of saying to yourself, oh, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, actually noticing, I'm feeling vulnerable right now, or I'm feeling disappointed And people can Google something called the feelings wheel that lists every emotion that you can possibly have. And it's a really good way just to get clear on what what it is that you're feeling at the moment. And when you name your emotions, you can tame them. So it helps to calm us down. That's one thing people can do. Number two, I would say meditation. I'm sure you've spoken about this a lot, but it is something that I think is essential for people with anxiety to counteract modern life and to counteract the fast pace of everything and meditation actually changes your brain it shrinks the amygdala down and actually we grow more gray matter in the front part of the brain when we meditate so it helps us to be more rational which is always a good thing when you've got an anxious mind and just to to let people know you don't need to be perfect at meditation you don't need to be good at it just go through the process of it and that is enough you're going to have thoughts, you're going to get frustrated with yourself, that's just normal yeah. and don't give up because you're experiencing that because everyone does, even me, even though I've been meditating every day for about 10 years. So, And the third thing I would say is to, as we spoke about before, get into the 
practice of imagining what could go right instead of thinking about what could go wrong. And just if you find yourself spiraling into thoughts about what if, start to think to yourself, you know, what if this positive thing happened? What if the talk went well? What if I ended up making a new friend out of it? And actually really asking what if something good could happen and starting to to train yourself to think that way. Yeah, so good. One thing that I um, think I was guilty for many years ago that I've changed now is that I never try, I should never say never because sometimes I do use it, but I try never to use the word busy. Mm-hmm. because that becomes a busy mind so I when people because often people say I've, I've, I've seen you on Instagram and of course people only see so much on Instagram they don't see my Sundays with nothing on yeah. <laughs> etc yeah, yeah. so yeah often people would ask me you must be so busy and I often try to say I just live a very full life and a full life is a beautiful life because I want to fit in as much as I can but I don't want to be busy and feeling that stress so so it's good to take some of those words out for sure Definitely. I like that. I really like that. I believe everyone has the power to create a life that they love, their dream life. As I mentioned earlier, an activity I like to get people to do is to stop for a moment and imagine what their dream day would look like. I get them to think about who would be there, what would they do, where would they go and how would they feel. So I'd love to ask you, what would your dream Monday look like? Considering that you have a lot of people being anxious on Sunday night, like how can we create a perfect when I say perfect it's never no such a thing as perfect of course (laughs) but your ideal Monday what would that look like for you so my ideal Monday would be I'm I'm imagining myself with a big garden I I currently live in a flat without a garden and I'm dreaming of a garden with lavender growing and jasmine on a pergola so I immediately went there and imagined having breakfast in the garden and not being on my phone and there's a dog there as well. I have to say there's a dog. There isn't a dog in my life currently, but there's a dog in this dream Monday. I am quite a home person. I do enjoy being at home. And so I think it would be relaxing at home, working from home in a leisurely way, but being in the garden, being outside, being in nature. I'm definitely trying to make more space in my life for nature this year. Mm. And me and my partner decided no more city breaks we've done enough city breaks we're going to just have nature holidays from now on yeah so I think that would be it so being in the garden a slow pace of life a bit of work because I love my work and a dog yeah nothing too nothing too outrageous no you know and often when we actually take the time to think about our perfect day so I started when I when I started doing this kind of work in terms of creating your what you would call your perfect day I started with Sunday because for me doing absolutely whatever I feel like at the time is like the ultimate uh, for me to have a day when there's nowhere to be and nowhere to go. So, and then you can start, you know, doing your easy one first and then you can start Monday is probably the hardest one because most of us go to work on a Monday. But if you could have a perfect Monday, maybe it's a sleeping or maybe it's um, getting up earlier to fit in your things before work or whatever it is. But it's, um, it's, it's really exciting to actually uh, create your dream days. I love it. I yeah. love it. So you have achieved so much and continue to inspire so many people, but I'm sure our listeners would love to know what's next for you. Okay, so what's next? So I've I've written another book last year, oh. so it's coming out on May the 2nd. Oh, how exciting. I didn't know that. Yep, yep. So no one knows yet, but I'm going to be announcing it any day. <laughs> called Brave New Girl, and it's about saying no and not being a people pleaser and improving confidence. And the idea is that 
often we see people who appear really confident and they seem like they've got it all figured out. But inside, you know, lots of us still struggle with self-doubt and fear and anxiety. And it's not about just magically waking up one day and being really confident, but actually being brave and doing things that are a bit uncomfortable, a bit scary, and knowing that that will lead to you feeling more confident along the road and growing in confidence. So that's coming out on May the 2nd. So I'm just getting ready for that. Beautiful. Actually, talking about that, how can we say no to more people? Because I think there's so much we can do in our lives and there's so many people we want to see and so many things we want to do. But sometimes there are things that we we would rather not do, but we kind of do it just because we want to please people. So how what would you tell our listeners to to practice saying more no more often? I think the first step is to get used to tuning into yourself and what your answer is, because I think lots of us will just say yes to things without even thinking yeah. and not actually checking in with yourself and getting into the the practice of feeling what that feels like in your body, whether something's a yes or a no for you. Because if you say yes to something and inside you're thinking no, you're going to end up resenting it. You're going to end up potentially burning out, resenting the person. And that's not good for anyone. So first step is tuning into yourself. And then I would say if you really struggle to say no to someone's face, this is a bit of a cop-out, but it can work. Just say, I'll get back to you on that. And then you can say, you can think about it and check in with yourself and decide. Because sometimes when we're put on the spot, we don't necessarily know how we feel about something. Yeah. So it's okay to say, let me check my diary and get back to you. So that's my my top tip. Mm, <laughs> that's a really good one. I think we all need to say no to more things so we can actually fit in what we want to do. Yeah. And some people um, would think that that's kind of selfish. But in the end of the day, we are choosing our own lives. And I think... Um, We need to do what we love doing and that's the most important because life is short. Definitely, definitely. And also if you burn out, loads of people are burning out in this day and age unfortunately because we're taking on too much and that's not going to serve anyone. No, absolutely. Thank you. So I would love to finish off by asking a few quick questions that I know our listeners would love to hear your answer. We've spoken about this before, but maybe you can just take us through if you have any particular morning routine to set you up for a productive day. So you mentioned a few things, but maybe say, you know, from start to kind of when you start working, how how is your morning? I love hearing about people's morning routines. Okay, so I start the day with qigong, which is a bit like tai chi. It's a kind of 5,000-year-old Chinese practice that's all about kind of gathering qi energy into your body. And I actually have found I haven't got ill since I started doing that every day. And I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I actually think that stopped me from getting ill. That might sound a bit woo-woo, but I think it's the case. Um, And then I do my TM and then I drink hot chocolate. I gave up coffee about five years ago and took on hot chocolate because I just replaced the habit. It's probably not even very much healthier, but I make it with steve- like a tiny bit of stevia to sweeten it. Yeah. So it's not loads of sugar, but it just makes me really happy. And I like to start the day like that. So that's what I do. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Do you have any other particular rituals that help you live your dream life? So I do gratitude, yeah. journaling. I like to write down things that I'm worried about or things that are on my mind just to process that. So I love journaling. I like to write down my goals. I write them as though they're already happening. I'm sure this is something that you talk about. So I am 
excited that my book is a bestseller or something. Yeah. So I write down goals like that. In terms of exercise, do you um, what do you do um exercise wise? So I lift weights in the gym. Yeah. I lift weights in the gym or I run around the park in quite a leisurely, relaxed fashion just to just for the, the enjoyment of doing it, not trying to run a race or sprint or anything, but just to be outside and just to I think exercise for anxiety is so key because it's you're getting rid of the adrenaline, you're getting rid of the excess energy that anxiety can often create. And I work from home quite a bit, so I need to release some of the extra energy. I can't just be sitting at home at my desk all day. So running around the park or lifting weights in the gym. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing. What is your favorite Kiki K product, if you have one? <laughs> I've got some lovely notebooks. I've got lovely notebooks. I just like to have something beautiful to write in because it makes it so much more inspiring to write something beautiful a bit like gym wear if you have that nice gym wear you're more inspired to, <laughs> to exercise more. you need to you need to have a nice notebook to do your journaling yeah. so definitely thank you thank you what's your favorite book and why I think it's probably the Byron Katie one that I've already mentioned but yeah. I've already mentioned that so I really like Wayne Dyer I love his voice. I listen to audiobooks quite a lot, mainly because I love people's voices and he's got a beautiful, deep voice. So I like his, his audiobooks. Yeah. And one last question for you. If you can go back to your younger self, say when you were in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? I would say there's nothing to be ashamed of. You're okay. You are okay. There's nothing wrong with you. And I'd reassure her that things were going to get better. Yeah, I think it's a lot about trying to help her to understand there's nothing to be ashamed of she's not broken and I give her a big hug beautiful what a beautiful way of ending this amazing chat I wanted to thank you first for taking the time here in London to see me and obviously a big thanks for writing this book which I think is is a an amazing book not just for people with anxiety but for anyone who wants to live their dream life in a calmer more thoughtful way of living so Thank you so much. And I'm um, super excited about your book. So obviously we are going to uh, link to that in our show notes. And I wish you the best for the book launch. And I hope it's going to be a bestseller. I'm sure it will be. And I look forward to, to follow your journey. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a massive fan of yours and you're a big inspiration to me. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful chat that was. Chloe has so much incredible first-hand experience and advice on how we can start living a more calmer, in-control life. One of the most important messages I took from our conversation was the sheer power of a positive mindset, how visualization can send messages to our subconscious and that what we imagine and tell ourselves can truly have a physical impact on our mind and overall well-being. I have always been a huge believer in the power of visualization as well as finding the positives in a situation and truly believe we have the ability to change the direction of our lives and our situation if we start believing in ourselves. In my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, you'll find more real-life inspiring stories of people who have dared to dream big, to visualize and achieve great things by believing in themselves. I have also included chapters and exercises in the book designed to help you visualize your own dream life and then take steps to making that your reality. If you haven't got a copy yet, I encourage you to do so and I truly hope it will help you on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams, whatever they may be. 
and also grab a copy of the Dream Life Journal I have created to go with it. Another great place to start is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k.com forward slash dreamlife. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration and please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would really appreciate your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. So please help us spread this inspiring message to even more people by sharing our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.